0: please listen carefully
1: hello and welcome to the optimist daily's weekly roundup i'm ariel and i'm carissa and we're working hard to put solutions in view
0: and optimism in movement so hello we're back again with another roundup of solutions from the optimist daily this week ariel how are you doing it's so good to be here with
1: you today Yes, as usual, very good to be with you doing another roundup of solutions, one of my favorite things to do. Um, But I have to say I'm in an especially good mood this Friday because as soon as we're off this call, I'm going to head over to Valencia in Spain. So I'm excited about that.
0: That sounds so fun. Um, What do you have planned for your Valencia trip?
1: Well, I'm going over there to see my sister uh, primarily because she's visiting her boyfriend Mm -hmm. who plays for a football club. And by football, I mean soccer.
0: Oh, Um,
1: Yeah, it's like A pretty low division, but it's still really fun to go and uh, watch one of his games. Yeah. And also, I'm just looking forward to the sun (laughs) and the summery weather because it'll be a lot warmer there than it is here in Amsterdam. Yeah. Other than going to a couple football matches um, or soccer matches and catching some sun, I don't really have any... Real plans. Oh, and eating paella, which I think is one of the, the dishes of Valencia. So excited. Very, very much looking forward to it. And what about you, Carissa? What do you have planned this weekend? Oh, nothing close to going to Valencia. (laughs) uh,
0: (laughs) Well, you've been traveling
1: a lot lately. I
0: have, yeah. I've been traveling just like within California a lot lately. So this weekend will be my first free weekend in a while. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of looking forward to catching up on things around the house and maybe just Mm -hmm. relaxing a little bit. I don't know if it's supposed to rain. It has been raining a lot, like on and off throughout the last week last week and it was raining so maybe we'll get a little bit of sun because i know i have been yearning for the sun too yeah it's that time of year where you're like okay i'm done with being cold and wet exactly <laughs> yeah I, you know things are looking up we have a couple more weeks until the time changes too over here so that will make the days a little bit longer i can yeah. tell the days are a little bit longer right now so
1: mm-hmm.
0: i guess that's enough of just our little catch up should we get into this week's solutions
1: Yeah, of course. Let's go for it. Did you want to go first today? Yeah,
0: I can go first with my solution because it's also something that makes me very optimistic because it has to do with my <laughs> one of my favorite singers, Taylor Swift. <laughs> nice. And I know there's a lot of Taylor Swift everywhere, obviously, right now, but this is a pretty good crossover of Taylor Swift and health. And it's called Fearless Hearts. More than 50 Taylor Swift songs are perfect for life-saving CPR. Wow. <laughs> I think this solution is great. Definitely – piqued my interest, of course, because of Taylor Swift. But the fact that CPR is, you know, in the moment, it can be life mm-hmm. or death. And so knowing the beat to a Taylor Swift song might just save, save a life. someone's life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In this remarkable marriage of pop culture and medical science, Monash University's Victorian Heart Institute researchers revealed that over 50 Taylor Swift songs have the perfect beats per minute BPM for efficient chest compressions during CPR, all of which I probably know every single lyric to wow. and the beat. <laughs> and so, yeah, of course, I had to look at the songs and I thought it was pretty interesting that there's actually a couple songs from each of her albums that fit the criteria.
1: So from every era. Exactly. Every
0: era <laughs> that there is a life-saving song out there. <laughs> This fearless initiative seeks to turn Swift songs into a rhythm guide for life saving CPR, which bridges the gap between music fans and critical life skills. So, yeah, I
1: remember learning how to do CPR, and the song that they taught us was, um, you know, like, uh, 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 staying alive, staying alive by the Bee Gees. Yeah. Yeah. That has been um, a very common metronome
0: for CPR compressions, but its 1977 release may not appeal to today's younger generations, I guess, because, Mm. um, yeah, although I feel like we feel like it's a classic song.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I guess it's like... With Taylor Swift being so popular, then like a lot of younger people will just be more available to save our lives. Totally. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Dr. Stephen
0: Nichols, who is the director of the Victorian Heart Institute, kind of highlights the necessity of, you know, a modern artist like Taylor Swift and a faster beat for filling this role since she is such a modern music icon and has all of these Great song. She is even more relevant and effective for CPR teaching. Mm -hmm. Nichols emphasizes the importance of keeping the chest compression rate between 100 and 120 beats per minute during CPR. And the researchers thoroughly examined Swift's catalog, locating 54 songs that fit inside this essential range. And their findings were actually presented at Swiftposium 2024 that just took place last week, which is an academic conference focused on the intersections of Taylor Swift and numerous disciplines.
1: Oh my gosh. I can honestly say that I did not know that Swiftposium is a thing (laughs) but yeah that's yeah that's insane my my family my dad in particular and my two younger sisters are such huge fans of taylor swift Uh uh-huh oh i love that your dad is too (laughs) yeah my dad he took us to the red concert when it came to toronto and then he also took my whole family except for me because i live here in europe but he took them to the heiress tour oh love it (laughs) yeah my mom like didn't really care that (laughs) much she was just there to like there with the family but my dad was so into it and when I was there because I don't know listeners will probably remember that I was in Canada uh, for two months over the Christmas break and my dad like made us watch well he didn't really make us watch it but he had it on in the background while we were like wrapping Christmas gifts and stuff oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah it was three hours of Taylor Swift which I, I enjoy but I'm not like as much of a Swifty as my sisters right um, yeah they would definitely be down to go to the Swift Posium
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay well yeah first I love that your dad is a Swifty so much that's so great yeah. <laughs> But uh, so fun but yeah yeah, I did not know that this symposium thing was a thing either, a whole academic conference, but I would definitely love to attend. And of course, I had to look into it a little bit more and see exactly what it was about. And there were some more, like, interesting Swifty solutions, you could say, that were presented, including findings on the intersection of celebrity and activism, even, like, AI topics and kind of, like, feminist topics. So Mm. seemed pretty cool. So definitely, if you want to know more about Taylor Swifton – The academic crossover there is certainly a lot. She is a great case study for Mm -hmm. many different topics that are relevant right now. But anyways, back to the life-saving skills that this solution in particular presents. Nichol says that a quarter of people who have a heart attack don't make it to the hospital in the first place, and we know that survival rates for cardiac arrest can be greatly improved with bystander CPR. Taylor Swift music, which is influential and widely liked, becomes a really powerful instrument for empowering people to learn CPR, a skill that, of course, has the potential to save so many lives. And the researchers on this topic even prepared a Spotify playlist called Taylor Swift CPR Compatible Songs for Easy Access. So <laughs> that I took a look at that, and yeah, I, of course, I knew, like, all the songs, and so – Uh, Very relevant, of course. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift has further impact on heart health as well. We have some treadmill challenges and CPR beats. There's a wildly popular Eras Tour Treadmill Challenge, which fans replicate Taylor's dedication to fitness by running or walking on a treadmill throughout the
1: three-hour Eras Tour set list. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I heard about this. Um, Yeah. Have you – Tried this challenge, Carissa?
0: I actually have not yet. Uh, three hours is kind of a long time on the treadmill, for one. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely want to. It seems kind of fun. Well, my sisters
1: told me that Taylor would run or walk while singing all of the songs yeah, to her set So that just sounds like way out of <laughs> I I feel like I go – work out, you know, fairly often, but that just sounds out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, uh she's
0: pretty physically fit to be able to do that. I mean, three hours every night and doing all that. So I mm-hmm. think that's kind of extreme, but I'm sure you could implement it in smaller, uh, I guess, kind of doses. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Nichols kind of emphasizes this as well, like the connection between physical activity and heart health. But he says how even as little as 10 minutes a day is beneficial as you build up your fitness. You don't have to be able to shake it off like Taylor on day one. (laughs) But definitely working on your heart health, he supports and, you know, maybe just 10 minutes a day on the treadmill to some Taylor Swift songs would be beneficial so yeah back to this topic of cpr there's been a couple diversions from this solution um Mm -hmm. the american heart association really supports the unique concept recommending the use of taylor swift songs to give effective chest compression and this combination of music and life-saving skills creates a synergistic attempt to attract younger audiences and make cpr instruction even more accessible so for that i really applaud the solution and finding And I think it's just great, it's fun. And all the Swifties out there, they're very powerful. And now that they know that so many songs are CPR um, certified, I guess. I think it's very optimistic that a Swiftie might save your life to the tune of a Taylor Swift song.
1: Yeah, and it also gives you even more excuses to listen to Taylor Swift on repeat. Oh, totally. Getting that beat down.
0: I know. I need to listen to the 54 song playlist a little bit just so – I'm familiar. I think like I can automatically pull some out that have that beat, but gotta keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. So,
1: <laughs> well, my solution this week doesn't really have to do with Taylor Swift, um, <laughs> but interesting that she has a symposium that also talks about her intersection with AI because yeah. that's the topic that I'm diving into today, and it's a topic that's been gaining traction in the tech community: the cultural influence on artificial intelligence. The article that I'm going to talk about today is called Solutions for an Inclusive Future, Why Culturally Diverse Data Sets Are Critical for Training AI. So you might be wondering why cultural diversity matters when it comes to training AI. Mm. But there's been a recent study by the University of Copenhagen that delved into this phenomenon uh, by testing large language models or LLMs with the Hofstede Culture Survey, and that is an instrument that can gauge human values across nations. Okay. And around the same time, researchers at the AI startup Anthropic took a similar path, but they used a different tool. They used the World Values Survey. And the findings from both studies were kind of concerning. They echoed a resounding note. The results were that LLMs are heavily influenced by the dominance of English content, Online.
0: Yeah, makes sense.
1: Yeah. So, you know, most of the English texts found online come predominantly from users based in the US, where there are more than 300 million English speakers. And that means that LLMs are leaning even more heavily towards American culture in particular. In January 2023, a staggering 59% of all websites were in English, and that lays the foundation for language biases in terms of shaping AI. So there are a bunch of consequences that go with this. LLMs are unintentionally developing a narrow North American perspective, and this is not just kind of floating around in theory. The study delved into the biases of well-known LLM ChatGPT, which I'm sure we've yeah. all heard of. So, ChatGPT once believed that a 4% tip in Madrid indicated that the person who was tipping was quite frugal or or cheap, but that's just a cultural misunderstanding because tipping isn't as customary in Spain. Mm-hmm. I think I I actually went to check. I um I asked what ChatGPT would think of someone who left a 4% tip uh or an, a 4% tip in Spain, uh which is pretty relative for me since I'm going to Spain yeah exactly <laughs> um, but it did say you know since tipping isn't customary in Spain then that tip is totally fine but you know in other countries the tipping culture uh, is a bit different so mm-hmm. it has already improved a little bit yeah but we should still really care about AI cultural bias because you know this this kind of extends far beyond algorithms. As we know, as human beings, cultural nuances are extremely important in human communication and connection, and they have a significant impact on how we perceive the world. So when AI ignores these nuances, users from various cultures may find themselves confused when trying to navigate the LLMs, which could lead to, you know, bigger uh, bigger gaps, you know, than than we already have. Yeah. So Imagine a world in which we alter our communication skills to match the mold of AI's largely North American viewpoint. That could risk eventually erasing cultural differences and homogenizing all of our distinct voices, which is definitely something that we don't want to do. Totally. And furthermore, as AI infiltrates our decision making processes, biases learned from English centric data sets may result in biased consequences. So the need to solve these challenges is, is more than just improving algorithms. It's also about ensuring societal equality. Yeah, that's
0: definitely right. And I feel like biases in AI algorithms can potentially perpetuate societal inequalities. Like, for instance, maybe gender biases and hiring algorithms could lead to unfair employment practices.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about here. So, you know, efforts to establish LLMs and languages other than English are gaining momentum, but there's still a lot of problems. Um, Also, a large large percentage of English speakers living outside of North America, so like New Zealand, Australia, the UK, they're also underrepresented in English LLM programs. Mm -hmm. Plus, the demand for various language models encounters obstacles, such as regional dialects and language discrepancies, and that makes... Complete representation really difficult. Yeah, but interestingly, the research indicates that many users whose native language is not English continue to choose English LLMs, uh, and that shows both an inadequate supply of availability in their native languages and also the greater quality of English LLMs. So, the journey to varied language representation in AI is ongoing, with projects undertaken to bridge the gap. So. Basically, I've just talked about the problem. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But now turning to the solutions, Viread Schwartz and her team at the University of British Columbia are at the forefront of this issue. And they're not just talking about it. They're actively pioneering research with a hands-on approach. So they're working on projects like enhanced reactions to cultural facts, and this involves exposing AI models to a very, very rich tapestry of customs and beliefs from various cultures, essentially training them to understand and respond to cultural nuances. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty gargantuan task, but someone has to do it, and they're, they're starting it. But that's not all. Schwartz's team is also developing a large-scale image captioning data set covering 60 cultures. So that's a comprehensive effort to ensure that AI ecosystems become more inclusive and that they start representing diverse perspectives. Cool. Of course, English-centric data sets still dominate, and efforts to represent various languages face obstacles such as regional dialects and language discrepancies, as I said before. But despite these challenges, Schwartz's team is making strides to bridge the gap and create an AI environment that values multiple perspectives. So if any of our uh, listeners are in AI then and they're looking for a project to contribute to then maybe this one is the one for you. Yeah. Yeah, cuz you can be a part of the forefront that's creating an inclusive AI future. And you know, Schwartz's teams dedication and innovative research does pave the way for a tech landscape that resonates with you know our diverse global community yeah, so totally it's just the beginning of a solution this article kind of goes into um, identifying the problem but if we don't know what the problem is then yeah there's no hope for coming up with a solution for it
0: yeah totally and it has a solution underway but yeah it's a very interesting uh topic because i think with like ai and like technology in general like culture and that kind of human touch is something that they're not um innately programmed with. Mm-hmm. So it's something that humans
1: have to intervene with, which
0: is kind of like frightening in a way too, mm-hmm. that like AI will be so smart to identify like, you know,
1: yeah, cultural nuances. Yeah, right? It's definitely uh it still has to be taught. And right. I think that the um the limitations with AI, I think, is that you can't really Program into it a subconscious, yeah. <laughs> like exactly. I'm using I'm using AI right now, and it's been really helpful for practicing my Dutch. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm using an app that lets me practice in real time and get uh, corrections from my AI language teacher. Yeah, but if we pick a topic, then it's very like it's impossible for her to start talking about something else. Um, yeah. Whereas in human conversations, you start talking about one thing and then like suddenly it just morphs into a completely other thing. And I think that with 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 that kind of uh, nature that we have in humans, that can't really be emulated by AI, even if we teach it all the, totally. the cultural uh, nuances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am no expert <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And of course, Our team at the Optimist Daily is going to be keeping their finger to the pulse of all of these different um, solutions and developments in the AI world.
0: Thank you so much for sharing this one today, Ariel. I'm definitely more informed now. And I didn't even think about this lack of, like, mm-hmm. cultural nuances around. So I'm
1: looking forward to more solutions. Yeah, and me too. I'm also informed on Taylor Swift and how I might be able, <laughs> able to save someone's life <laughs> with 50 yeah. songs. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know even her most basic songs, like Shake It Off or something, mm-hmm. are definitely on it. Well, I think this was a great roundup of solutions this week. We also have some other great solutions that you can find on our website, OptimistDaily.com including this interesting fern converts dead leaves into roots for survival solving the puzzle of noise-induced hearing loss leads to revolutionary solution for your ears banish the bloat practical tips for a happier gut and greece is the first orthodox christian country to legalize same-sex marriage
1: Very good. We also have, can oat flour champion low sugar chocolates without sacrificing taste? The oral wellness step, you're probably skipping, the art of gum massage. Yeah, I'm definitely skipping that. I uh, I need to read that article and see what gum massage is all about. The birth of brain hacking, a novel prosthetic system helps brain recall specific memories and Neuroscientific Research Reveals Gut Bacteria's Mood-Boosting Power. Cool.
0: Lots of neuroscience and gut health it sounds like this Mm -hmm. week, so (laughs) really cool. But yeah, if you want to start your day off right, make sure to subscribe to our free daily newsletter to get our solutions straight to your inbox.
1: We also have a lot more on our social channels. You can find us at The Optimist Daily on all of our platforms that includes Threads and Pinterest. The only different one is on X. On there, we are Ode to Optimism. Yes, and we are a small team of optimists working hard to bring you positive news. If you want to support our mission of putting optimism out into the world. Click on the link in the show notes to find out how. Support doesn't always have to be financial, though. Even just recommending our podcast to a friend or leaving a positive review on Apple or Spotify or sharing a solution on your Instagram stories or on your TikTok or something, (laughs) that would be a huge help for us. All right. Well, with that, I am going to do some last-minute packing and head off. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoy your trip, Ariel. I'm looking forward to hearing about it next time. Have a great weekend, everyone. And, Chris. I hope you enjoy your chill weekend at home. Thank you. Yeah, I hope everyone enjoys their weekend as well. But we'll see you next time.
0: Bye. Bye. AI algorithms. I'm like, why can't I speak again (laughs) today? Okay. Let me go again. Okay.